Welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. I'm your host, Kristen Cole in New York. I'm a fashion consultant with 20 years experience in the industry as a high concept retailer, fashion director, founder, and buyer. On this podcast, I sit with designers, stylists, experts, authors, innovators, and leaders in the space to bring you casual conversations around the many industry topics of the moment with insights and observations along the way. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so today we have episode number 25, where I have the pleasure of speaking with Joseph Altuzara, the multicultural visionary creative director behind Altuzara, a New York-based designer collection known for its modern feminine polish take on ready-to-wear, and Altuzara's super smart CEO, Shira Sukarmi. Today we discuss the brand and its evolution from both the creative and business side, from Joseph's design philosophy and aesthetic touch points to brand extensions, collaboration, the power of partnership, the runway, and the building of the world of Altuzara in the brand's boutiques in East Hampton and the newly opened New York store on Madison Avenue between 75th and 76th. It's the first day of November, crisp and cool, lovely autumn in New York. Today marks the one year anniversary of the pod. I can't believe I've been doing this for a year. More importantly, today also marks the one week countdown to the midterm elections in the US. So mark your calendars, praying for a blue wave. Next week, November 8th, so vital to get out and vote. Spring 23's long global fashion month is over over with the wrap of London's Freeze Art Fair mid-October, dubbed the Freeze Fashion Week, where the art fair overlapped with many rescheduled London Fashion Week happenings, including Ralph Siemens' incredible show with the Rave Collection, which I just loved as always. The same week saw Ralph Lauren showing his collection in Los Angeles in a gorgeous historic spot in Pasadena. Last week had many of the fashion crowd at Crystal Bridges Museum of Art for the Grit to Glamour Gala and Dinner in Bentonville, Arkansas, famously the home and epicenter of the Walton Walmart family empire. Attendees included Christy Turlington, Bethann Hardison, Carly Kloss, Tracy Reese, Tommy Hilfinger, Aurora James, Fee Noel, coaches Stuart Vevers, and CFDA's Stephen Colt. Now joining me over Zoom in New York is Joseph Altuzara and and Shira Sukarmi. Thank you so much for joining me and for coming on the pod. Shira, I've known forever. Um, We don't need to count the years. Um, And then Joseph, we've never met somehow. So no, we have not. I don't know how. And I'm a big fan of the collection. And yeah, love what you're doing. So I'm excited to chat with you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So are you both in the office? In yeah, we're like three doors office. down from each other. Amazing. Um, and where are your offices? Our offices are in City Hall, basically. We're in oh, the okay. in the Woolworth building. Okay, awesome. Which is um, where we had our show last season. So okay. it was nice. We had our show in sort of the, the entrance to the Woolworth building, which is beautiful. Amazing. Your Spring 23 collection, I was at that show and that was um, super fun and really beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to start with Joseph. I guess in general, what's your overarching kind of design philosophy when approaching the collection and has it evolved over the years? You know, I was, I was thinking about this earlier and I don't, I don't actually think that my that my design philosophy has changed that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, I think I grew up, you know, in the 
um, you know, really I was a teenager in the nineties and, and 2000s. And I, I was a huge fan of Tom Ford um, mm-hmm. when he was at Gucci. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that had a huge impact on me as a designer was that he would show clothes that were wearable, that were desirable, and that you could go in the shop and buy. Um, yeah. And I think that there that has sort of changed over the years. I think that there is sort of a divide now between what you see on the runway and what you see in a store. For sure. But I think for the most part, my philosophy has always that I wanted to make clothes that were for real people. Um, yeah. That I wanted, you know, in a, in, in a way, I was talking to another designer a few years ago and he was talking about how his process is very runway driven. Like when he thinks about the a collection he thinks about it walking down the runway in a lot of ways when I think about a collection I think about it on someone I think about sort of that the very very end point and I think yeah. the runway is happens to be sort of a, a step in the process but right. um, a marketing step in the process to the, exactly. to the so I think I think that's sort of always been the overarching philosophy and you know we've called it at Altuzar, we've called it different things over the years. Most recently, weratorial is is the word that I use. Um, but where, but it's really important for me to make clothes that are, you know, that are wearable, that are desirable, that are um, that are um, things that people naturally would, I guess, gravitate toward. And use in their everyday lives. I'm obsessed with all of the dresses that walked the runway for spring 23. Those were so killer. And I'm definitely going to order one or two through Anne at the reset. I'm an advisor there. I'll order, I'll order through there. But um, no, it the the dresses were so gorgeous. They looked really detailed. I love the shibori and the the dye yeah. process. And they were really sexy. I really love the Thank dresses. Thank you. Are dresses a main category for you guys? Yes. Dresses are really, especially in in the last couple of seasons, have really evolved as kind of like a hero category for us. And we've gone through different cycles, you know, pre-pandemic, we we had a very strong sort of tailoring um, emphasis. I think during the pandemic and right after there was a real, there was sort of a move towards like knit dressing. I think what we've seen um, is this sort of transition into real like dress dressing, you know, really these kind of like hero, yeah, hero like a statement pieces, dress, statement dresses that yeah. sort of can, can transition easily from day to night that really have a point of view. And that really, I think, plays to our strengths in print in fabric development, um, yeah. in sort of interest in, uh, artisanal craft, yeah. uh, as you, you know saw in this collection yeah a lot of technique and I have the um the book here that you yeah gave away uh desert solitaire which was such a great bag gift I loved that I read the first chapter this morning actually thinking about this interview and I can't wait to read it it's really oh amazing really great I kind of wish I lived in the middle of a national park these days far far away from the rest of the world 
I'll tell you a funny story. I was at the show leaving and I rode the elevator down with this influencer and she's complimenting my necklaces and I'm like, oh, great. And she's holding the book. I actually always have a book in my bag because I'm, you know, it's like just nice to have in your bag. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you also came to the show with a book. No one else has books at shows usually. And she was like, just kept talking about more fashion. And then I got out of the elevator. I see more people spilling out when I'm getting my cab and everyone has the book. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's what's in this gift bag. And sure enough, <laughs> typical fashion moment, like not, you know, quite what it seems. <laughs> she was probably very confused. And I loved the kids that you showed as well. Are those going to be part of the collection at retail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. We'd been working with them for, I don't know, about a year on this development. And, th- you know, the idea was really to have it be a strong part of the the look for the collection, but then also to have them be available. Very cool. Definitely like the way you want to dress in spring and summer though. I think so. Yeah. And then you have Castanier collaboration as well right now. I saw that on your website. Yeah. Do you do a different footwear collaboration every season? Not in a strategic sense. I think that, you know, I, it, you know, the process is very sort of creative led in a lot of ways. Like we, if I'm really feeling a sneaker, for instance, that season, um, you know, I'll talk to Shira and we'll try to figure out like, is this something that makes sense to do on our own? Is it something that makes sense to do with a partner? Espadrilles with Casimir specifically, I think is something that is very much a sort of uh, reoccurring, you know, part of the vocabulary of the brand. And yeah, that we want to keep on bringing back it does very well for us it really i'm uh part basque um and it really speaks to like my memories of growing up and wearing um espadrilles and so it's it's very much part of sort of the vernacular of the brand so we we bring that back a lot but not in a sort of we don't sort of try to do a footwear collaboration every season we also do our own shoes so it's it sort of depends on the um the need depends on the need exactly yeah i used to sell those espadrilles and they they sell very well they're yeah. so comfortable i want to know all about your stores so you have a east hampton store now mm-hmm. yeah and when did that open that- so we had an east hampton store in the summer of 2020 okay and then um, it was a pop-up and then yeah. we reopened in a different location this summer. So summer of 2022, and it's become an ongoing location. So it's a, it's a full, it's a permanent store. It's a permanent store and you're open in the off season as well. We are still considering it. We're not going to be open 12 months a year, but we're going to be open more than just the three months. That are the yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a wider spread over the summer months. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Very nice. And that's in East Hampton. Yes. In East Hampton. Awesome. Um, to Main Street. I, that's so great. I can't wait to see it. What do you like about having physical stores, Joseph, from a creative POV? Well, I love, I love that I can create a world of, um, yeah. and I know later on you'll talk about homeware and talk yeah. about Ultu, but I love that, you know, there is, it's wonderful to work with wholesale partners and, and you're really able to sort of leverage their communities yeah. to talk about your brand, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, there is something so deeply 
fulfilling um, about being able to show the breadth of what you do, like bags, shoes, every sort of part category of ready to wear. And then, you know, as we did this season in the Hampton store, you know, homeware, giftables, our other collection, all too. I think it really creates a sort of understanding of a brand for people, which is which is missing sometimes when you're going into wholesale a wholesale store and you're looking at sort of the Altuzara section. And then there's and from pure design perspective, there's the sort of like joy and challenge of creating like a physical space, which highlights the collection or speaks to the collection speaks to the brand. I think that's always really very exciting. Yeah, no, it's so great. I, I, I love going into a well-done brand store. Yeah. This past summer, I finally traveled to Europe and went to Milan and did a lot of shopping along Via Monte Napoleon. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't been in beautiful, well-curated stores in so long. And it was just so nice to step into all of these worlds and I think it's really important and really nice, especially when you have like a very full offering. Agreed. From a business standpoint, yeah. you know, they're very important to us. I mean, when I look at all of our channels, you know, stores are par- probably one of our most profitable channels in terms of, you know, the, we have our true sort of customer and our true community yeah. there. And yeah. the customer at the store, she spends a lot more money than in any other channel. Um, so, and they're really in the way we open stores is quite, you know, we're not, they're not these huge flagships, they're much more sort of, uh, and we're able to do it in a way that makes a lot of uh, financial sense as well. Yeah. So we're really happy with the performance of the stores overall. It's an important channel for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you had, you also had a store on Madison Avenue. Is that right? We just relocated. It. So it should be opening actually this week, Amazing. which is very exciting. Oh my gosh, um, such a big week. We're really excited about it. Um, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, we weren't 100% sure, you know, what is the viability of a store on Madison of Avenue? Course. And is it the same? And are the yeah. customers going to be there? Yeah. And it honestly became one of the brightest spots um, yeah. in our entire business, you know, throughout 2021. And we were able to sort of double down on it and really move to a permanent location that, you um, you know, it was, and we signed a long-term lease and we're really excited. It's between 75th and 76th on Madison. Amazing. Oh, that's so great. Is, is your New York customer, is she mostly on the Upper East Side? I mean, we have customers all over, but she's definitely on Madison. I think even if she's not living in the Upper East Side, she's shopping there. Yeah. Um, so we found sort of a very consistent clientele that really sort of came to expect us on Madison, which is great. A lot of, you know... A lot of these customers can't wait for us to get the store back in, you know, so and they want to try everything on and see everything on. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting to be able to give her that destination. And in, in many ways, it's the same customer that's in East Hampton as well. She just travels right. um, for both locations. Totally. Do you see customers shopping in both the same customers? Absolutely. But then we also see a lot of discovery happening in both as well. So there's a lot of people visiting East Hampton and then coming into the city or becoming an online shopper. And a lot of people who are walking Madison Avenue, a lot of more tourists and things like that. And then they again become an e-commerce customer as well. Yeah. Joseph, do you go into the stores often? Like when you're in the Hamptons, do you you guys do like meet and greet cocktail hours or lunches, things like that? I love going to the store and I love like hanging out and yeah. talking to I'm actually a Nothing pretty 
terrible salesperson. My mom is a wonderful salesperson. I don't think so that's true. Sarah. I think Joseph is also wonderful, but I think, but his mom is really, you know, the <laughs> star in that, in that sense. I love meeting the customer. I love getting feedback. Yeah. And I, feedback I, do, I, I like going, I like going in the store. The feedback is super helpful. Yeah. I always think it's very helpful. Can we talk a little bit about your uh, brand extensions into Altu? And, and Altu, I've checked out and it looks amazing, but the homewares I haven't seen too much of. Can we talk about those categories? Sure. Yeah. I mean, those really came out of those really came out of like experimentation during the pandemic. I mean, in a weird way, you know, I, I think Shira and I have talked about this a, a bunch. Like the pandemic, I think, was quite handicapping for some people creatively yeah I actually came out of the pandemic like really energized and stimulated like I I felt in some ways like pre-pandemic I felt really like on a hamster wheel and I felt like I had I was a little lost and I think post-pandemic I really was fearless I felt like now is the time to like just go and do what I believe in and if it fails or if some of these ideas don't work it's okay like I think it it took a lot of the sort of it took a lot of the sort of um the fear away and I just became a lot more playful with both the business and I think like creatively speaking all two was really a product of a very, a very personal sort of reflection on gender. I, you know, had just had a daughter, our first daughter. I was thinking a lot about, you know, I was thinking thinking a lot about gender in fashion, gender in clothes. And I spoke to Shira very candidly about sort of some of the things that I was thinking about. And we decided to just try it out and to launch this collection that would have a very different demographic a very different point of view, a different name. It's really not Altuzara menswear. Right. Um, it's, really, it's really a genderful collection that has its own separate identity. And we leveraged a lot of the, you know, sort of relationships that we already had. That we obviously leveraged the resources and team that we already have, um, but created something very different and unique, which has also kind of bled into Altuzara, or at least the sort of philosophy in in a way. It's been very stimulating and sort of creatively fulfilling for me in that sense. Can you explain the term genderful, which I really, I love that term. Yeah. So we, when we were thinking about what to call this collection, I think, you know, there's unisex, there's genderless, there's a lot of sort of terms that people yeah. will use, but they're all, I, I felt like they were all very um, like gender negative. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel like they reflected my thought process about gender, which is really that gender is playful and exciting. And it's very inclusive. I like, and it, it reminded me of the, you know, of the word wonderful mm-hmm. as well, which I really liked. So it, it's a word that we started using and that we really like in the company. And um, do you guys and I, merchandise Altu in the stores with Altuzara? It's not merchandise on the same rack. 
but it, but in East Hampton, for instance, it has its own sort of section, and it looks very different. It's, yeah. So it's I think there's the opportunity for women who shop Altu Zara to like buy a great pair of leather pants from Altu or mm-hmm. buy like the or buy like a great hoodie it's much more casual um it's also much closer to the way that i dress i like the square the square neckline like tank dress yeah that's been really exciting and then homeware really came out of a collaboration that i did with etsy i i think i was the first person to collaborate with etsy on a collection i'm a huge etsy fan Hmm. um we approached them about doing this. Um, and I think they were sort of like, oh, okay, sure. How is this going to work? Yeah. Um, but we, I ended up picking a few Etsy sellers and makers and creating a sort of collection that was partly a collaboration with the sellers, partly sort of a curation of product. And it did really well. And I loved doing it. It was really a natural extension of a lot of the language that we have at Altuzara. Yeah. Um, and so we decided to um, sort of bring that idea in-house. Amazing. And, and the reason you might have not seen it is it's a retail exclusive product for our stores. Okay. So we only sell it at our stores a little bit online sometimes. Yeah. And we really, we have sort of two kind of capsules a year, one usually around summertime and then one usually around the holidays. That's great. And we develop different products um, with a lot of our partners, artisan partners and people that we work with on other products as well. Yeah. Amazing. I'm sure that's like wonderful for merchandising and really filling out that. that yeah. Dev. Do you have any of these housewares in your Hamptons home that I recently too, saw? In too, many. <laughs> too many. My husband is like, please stop bringing for the home. Everything. He's like, we have enough place settings. <laughs> like we don't need 15 more. So yes, I do. I mean, I, and that's kind of the fun part is like, a lot of it is like stuff that I want to use and that yeah. I want to, you know, design for my house. Totally. Um, All right. So who's kind of perennial on your mood board? I, I really don't have a perennial style icon that I think about. I mean, it's a very, it's a, it's sort of an ever evolving idea. In some ways there is like an attitude. There's a sort of perennial attitude, but even that has changed a lot. There is always a sense of ease to clothing, mm-hmm. even when the clothes are like quite fashion. Mm-hmm. If there's always sort of a, from a construct, I'm talking purely from a construction point of view, like it's not like super structured with boning mm-hmm. and like, there's yeah. always a kind of like, like the idea of movement is always like baked into clothing. And there's always like a polish. Mm-hmm. I think like in a weird way, I always thought that was something very American because I'm half French, half American. Mm-hmm. And I always thought like, oh, the polished side is the American side yeah. of my upbringing. Yeah. But I just went back to Paris last week um, for like a week and I hadn't been back since the pandemic. And I was like, no, the polished side is really the French side. Yeah. Like I went back and I, I love was that word like, polish. Like, I feel like shocked. I come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like shocked by like how dressed up people are in Paris. Like people really like put looks together in Paris. Yeah. And they're yeah. wearing like, you know, knee-high boots with like a, you know, trench over mm-hmm. jeans. And it's like, it's very like put together. It's a look. Even though it doesn't look put, I mean, it's yeah. meant to look very like nonchalant. Yeah. But there is a sort of, there's always like this kind of polish. And I think that's a 
that's like a sort of overarching aesthetic principle of the brand. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So I know how wonderful Shira is. How have things been for you and for the brand since Shira came on as CEO? I mean, wonderful. I think what's what was so what what was so wonderful about Shira coming on board was I don't think that I had really experienced like true partnership mm-hmm. at Altuzara. It's not something that you really realize until you have it, until right. you like until you work with someone and you're like, oh, this is this is what it is. But you know, I think that in a lot of ways, like my ability post pandemic to be really creative and to be sort of really free came from my partnership with Shira and feeling like really supported, yeah. feeling really heard, which doesn't mean she always says yes. <laughs> um, but, but it means that I think it's a true collaboration, like a true partnership. Yeah. Um, and that was not, you know, that was not something that I felt before. I need to feel very safe to be creative. Yeah. Like I need to feel someone is like looking out for me. Yeah. And I really feel that with Shira. Thank you. That was so, so sweet. I have to say that I feel the same way. You know, I, it's really, you know, I've had sort of many, many experiences in the industry with a lot of different creatives. And it's really such, I've never worked you know, in an environment and with a creative like Joseph, where it really does feel like partnership. And it's just so wonderful. Do you know what I mean? It's really, um, you know, I think we both complement each other very well in terms of our skill sets. And we have a lot of respect for each other. And we give each other space in their own territory to sort of do what we think is right. Yeah. I know Joseph knows much more than me and can make much better decisions than me on anything creative. And I love that, you know, I need that in a partner. But, and and in addition to that, in addition, it's just, I think we have a really beautiful culture here at Altuzara where it's, you know, truly collaborative. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really not about, you know, high drama or, you know, high, it's really about enjoying this beautiful product that we're making and having a great day day to day at the office and at work with the team. Especially Um, these days, you know, it's so important to have a place, you know, mm -hmm. where you respect the people you work with and where you like what you do. I think that's so nice. So Shira, I have a few questions for you. Through this time, what have been of your any of your biggest takeaways from pandemic learnings? Or, I mean, it's not even just the pandemic. It's just such a volatile world and landscape. What have yeah. you learned in the past couple of years that you... It's funny. I always think you know, that, you know, I joined Altuzara in March of 2020. So wow. literally my first week was Paris Market. And then we came back to the city. And about two weeks later, we were all at home. So yeah. it was really kind of a, a very intense start. And yeah. I really think over the last three years, it's almost like I had three different jobs and three different companies because the company that we were sort of reacting to everything that was happening in the pandemic in 2020, then transformed into this really sort of like, let's see what this new reality is about. Let's structure the company in the best way for our business right now and see if we can grow. And in 21, we actually experienced tremendous growth and it was a really good year. And now in 22, it's all about, okay, so we have this growth and we have these 
potential you know, yeah. possibilities. Where do we invest our time? Where do we capitalize on it? How do we make the best decisions for the brand so that we can really set the stage for even more growth to come? 22 is kind of the first year to think strategically and long-term kind of? It is, but at the same time, there's a lot of very specific things that are happening this year too, between yeah. the supply chain sort of issues that we have about getting products into this sort of looming recession or whatever it is. So there's a lot of macro things happening that are really impactful on our business as well, yeah. that we still, we keep needing to be very dynamic with it. You know, I think, but going through the pandemic was actually, a, you know, putting a Side, you know, so sort of how terrible it was in many ways. It was yeah. a great experience for the business. You know, I laugh a lot. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Back, Kristen? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. My whole screen just went down, but now it's now it's back. We should be we saw you. You were frozen for a little bit, but we saw you. Okay. I think that the other thing about the pandemic that was really you know, great for us as a business is that we live through the worst case scenario. Yeah. So whenever now we have to make a decision, we're like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, we go through another pandemic, we've lived through it, we've, you know, we've made it to the other side. Totally. So it gives you a lot more sort of strength and a lot more um, sort of openness in making strategic yeah. decisions for the business because Absolutely. you've kind of been through it already. Of the many, you know, sales channels these days, which one is most important or is the blended strategy? It's definitely a blended strategy. I yeah. think every channel has its own purpose. Yeah. You know, I think that what we've done through the pandemic and through the last three years is really build our direct-to-consumer business, which yeah. is both the retail stores and the e-commerce. Yeah. E-commerce is larger than retail, but both are extremely important, extremely strong for us. Yeah. You know, this year we're going to be about 35% direct-to-consumer consumer um, compared to under 10% before the pandemic. So it, there's been a huge growth in yeah. that. And I, and I think our goal is to get to about 50% direct yeah. to consumer. That would be a great balance to have 50% yeah. wholesale, 50% direct to consumer. We always love our wholesale partners because it's the best way to reach so many people yeah. and it's the best way to pay for production and to get the volumes that you need in order to get the right cost of goods. Totally. So there's a lot of, um, it's, it's still our largest channel and it's very yeah. important, but we cannot outsource our business to them. Do you know, we have to have control end to end, which is what the direct to consumer business sure. allows us to do. Yeah. E-commerce is a great, it's a fast growing channel. It's very, very important for us. We see a lot of sort of upper funnel, like people seeing the show, getting excited about the product and yeah. experimenting with the brand. But it's also a very costly, it's a very expensive channel. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's a lot of pay for play and you really have to invest a lot of money in it in yeah. order to get the volume that you need. And then retail stores are wonderful, both because like we said before, they sort of target the real Altazara customer. They're sort of like the tried and true who yeah. buys across all of our categories and who loves the brand. Yeah. And also they're quite profitable. So it's sort of, it really, it, it really is the focal point in many ways of, of our distribution structure. And do you feel like the physical stores also from like a client acquisition point of view are, are bringing in new serious clients? Absolutely. I think that, you know, each one has, you know, it, it, when, well, if we can get you into our store, you become a client. 
Yeah. You know, so I, I think that that's, it's a lot of it is people getting people in under knowing what the brand is, you know, getting them to, um, to be interested in it enough to hear about it, to walk in. Yeah. I think w- once they walk in, we've, we got, we've got them. I mean, I'm always, especially these days, encouraging designers to open up shop just because, you know, there's not as many curated boutiques. This is, I think a very outdated term, but like the sticky experience of being in a shop, you know, you just like fall in love in a deeper way than when you're just clicking through you have to get them in the store and then you have to try it on you know I think once you have the clothes on also you develop a very different relationship to them um, and I think which is really important I totally agree how important are runway shows to you guys at this point they're really important it was really and I'm sure Joseph can speak to it as well but you know it was really a question mark kind of early in the pandemic whether we're going to do a fashion show again how we're going to do it should we only do videos should Mm -hmm. we show off season yeah And what we've found out, which honestly was very surprising to me, is that they actually do work, you know, and they actually do make a lot of sense. You know, of course, from a creative standpoint, I think for Joseph and his team, it's, it's sort of like a great sort of like end point to the collection to all this work of inspiration and building a collection that they've done is sort of a great way to showcase it and kind of end the process in many ways. But it's also from a business perspective, you know, it's, they're quite expensive, but surprisingly there is a return on investment and we've seen sort of a direct impact both on marketing, but actually on sales as well. So now that you have a strong direct channel, you can kind of track that. Exactly. Both we can track that. And and because we've paused for a second in the pandemic, you know, we were able to see the uplift that we got from the show and it's significant. So I think, you know, it's very specific to our price point, to our customer, to our type of the product that we're, how considered and, you know, as sophisticated the product is, but for us, it makes a lot of sense, which is not necessarily the conclusion they would have expected. No, totally. Mm -hmm. No, I think everyone's still experimenting. How about for you, Joseph? Yeah, I I, I feel the same way. I was very, I was open to the idea of not necessarily showing you know I I think that there is like there's an interesting alchemy that happens in a show between the designer the collection um the audience that creates like a kind of magic that is hard to replicate in a video or in a lookbook and and I think you know I think for for us it really gives life to the collection way and we have an interesting way of tracking it as well because we actually show buyers the collection before the show um mm-hmm. so we sell the collection on a pre-collection calendar but then we but then they come back okay. and see the collection on the runway yeah. and very often they place follow-up orders, orders yeah. um and and on on sometimes styles that they've seen in the showroom and so there so is true. the magic there, of seeing it walk and style there walk. is like a part of it that's like oh now it's like making sense the story is making sense it's like what are some of your favorite places to go in the city favorite restaurants where do you go to recharge Oh, sure. So you go. I'll go for it. Okay. So I live in Fort Greene in Brooklyn, um, which I love. And my favorite place is Romans. We go there once a week. It's a wonderful place. That's like Um, the cutest restaurant. So that's kind of our go-to. And then, you know, other, we have a couple more places in Brooklyn that we, we have, we love La Vara Mm -hmm. and we love Inga's in Brooklyn Heights. Um, So there's a couple others that we go to all the time. I have like a very anticlimactic answer. (laughs) I have a, almost three-year-old and a almost four-month-old yeah and I it's hard to go <laughs> yeah 
Um, so I, yeah. I discovered Italy is great for kids. Yeah. Um, like in um, Tribeca. Oh, there's in, one in uh, Tribeca. Or, okay. like, in in um, financial district. Okay. And they make like little pizzas for kids. And the gluten-free pizza is amazing. Gluten-free pizza is great. Gluten-free pasta is great. I know it's not fan. I mean, I know it's not like a hole in the wall, like discovery, but. We've never heard really of this. Is, We're... It really, it really works for us right now. Amazing. Hey, that's a very honest answer. So nothing wrong with Italy. How has parenthood changed the way I'm sure, I'm sure Sierra and I have talked about this many times, but how has it changed the way you approach the collection and Shira, the way you approach work in general? I have two daughters um, and I think I'm much more sort of keenly aware of being a male designer, designing women's wear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like subconsciously maybe, like I, I think about like, oh, would I want like my daughter when she's like 16 to look back at like 2022 spring, summer 2022 or whatever. And like be ashamed or like be like embarrassed that I did something and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe. Um, She will be no matter what. Yes, I know. (laughs) But you know, so I think it's a, I think I I have approached in some, I, I think I try to approach it with more of like thinking more like, progressively or thinking more like thinking more as trying to think more as a a woman if that's possible at all yeah that makes sense yeah I I think it's just I'm more aware that I'm like um that I'm a man and no yeah that makes sense I Shira and I are both you know boy moms so yeah yeah, I, I find myself often like putting myself in the head of a boy and I'm like oh my god this is a wild place yeah yeah um, I have two boys, 10 and seven, um, too. I mean, I think parenthood definitely makes your life fuller. You know yeah. what I mean? I think both physically because you have stuff to do all the time yeah. and emotionally because yeah. you have sort of other people to think about and sort of care about whether you're yeah. there or not. You know, I think for me, it really changed the way I manage people and the way yeah. that we, you know, we kind of look at people that are working here at Altuzara and in general, it's sort of, I think people have, and I think that has to do with the pandemic as well. People have whole lives, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. work is just one part of their life and exactly. they all have different parts that they're bringing to the table and trying to fit together. Yeah. And I think there needs to be a lot of consideration and a lot of appreciation from a management point of view of this entirety of, of their lives. Totally. You know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I think of my sort of schedule and my day day, I really, I need to spend a lot of time thinking and thinking how I fit everything in and how everything kind of works together. And I want to bring the same side of consideration and respect to the people who are working here and to their lives. That makes a lot of sense. All right, you guys, I'm going to let you go. I'm sure you have a thousand things to do today. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you. And good luck with the store opening. I can't wait to check it out on the Upper East Side.